Indeed, indeed. 10 years fresh, some might say. It is the 10 year anniversary of the record something for everybody. And we decided to do something real special here at Proton Conversal and invite our friend, friend of the show, Jerry Casali, back to <laughs> talk with us about it. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Well, thank you for having the interest. Uh, 10 years, that, uh, that went quickly. <laughs> it sure did. And talk about de-evolution. If we think back 10 years, what we thought was bad turns out to be nostalgia. <laughs> turns out those were the good old days. <laughs> yeah, the good old days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and even amazingly, even since we've talked last, de-evolution has uh, gone e- even further uh, in, in some more comical ways, in many ways uh, far less comical, uh, without getting too much into it, the the irony of the the person in the White House contracting the COVID uh, was not was not <laughs> lost on me in any way, shape, or form, other than the fact that it's like, oh, this would be a bit a bit of a hacky script if uh, I were to watch it on a television show. But it wasn't to be. It wasn't to be. He was a super spreader, but he was Superman <laughs> with a two million two million dollar drug treatment that nobody else could get. Yeah, yeah. It turns, it turns out all you need is the best medical care, literally in the entire planet. Then, uh, yeah, it's great for you. Well, that is true. That's true. <laughs> And, and he proves exactly how American healthcare works. If you're rich, you can live. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, you, you've earned the right. You, you've earned the right because you are yeah. rich. That's but this, this, this is not uh, Crossfire or, uh, or the firing line or any other uh, political show with the word fire in it. We're here to talk about this awesome record that I feel is very right. underrated in the pantheon of Devo. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's a personal favorite of mine. I want to give a shout out to Devotee and friend of the show, uh, Sam Hunt, who, who suggested this in the first place. And I was like, that's a great idea. Credit where credit is due. Uh, that's the first song on, uh, on that record. And there's a lot of things I love about Something for Everybody. I love all the things around it. The, uh, the, 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 the reality show element that didn't quite do what it was necessarily supposed to do. The artwork the airbrushed imagery, the brick wall mastering, like all just like small things to really kind of hit home where we were 10 years ago that I think if it had come out five years later, maybe, it would have hit in a completely different way. And I think you can say that about a lot of things. But what are your thoughts on uh, that record Well, it was just, you know, it was the album that never was, unfortunately, because just frankly... Warners failed to bring it to market. We gave them everything. And once again, Devo were the pioneers who got scalped. We went to Warner Brothers and said, listen, we all know the record companies now are basically relegated to trying to pretend to be ad agencies. That's what you're doing. Exactly. And, and, but, but you didn't grow up doing that. In other words, you didn't go to school for that. You don't have experience at agencies doing that. So listen, you're giving us this production deal. One million of it is for marketing. So let us take that money and give it to Mother New York, a real agency, and they will put a whole campaign together for you and they will give you everything you need and all you have to do is launch it. Well, what do you think happened? (laughs) They... They were like, they took a dog in his bone position. They acted like we were trying to pull a wool over their eyes and that mother was making fun of them and dissing them. None of that was true. In fact, in the spirit of Devo, mother was dissing Devo and themselves in the campaign. (laughs) It was an equal opportunity diss campaign, yeah. (laughs) It was, on purpose. And they hired actors to play record company people. And they hired actors to play them and exactly it, w- it went several layers deep and the only thing i can think of like uh, close to it was um there was a uh, kind of a, th- that run in the 70s of, of the immersive theater like jack nance and and folks along those lines right. where they would blur the lines of like reality and and right. uh, and fiction well i mean i was excited everybody was excited and we were playing ourselves and we were doing what you would expect from Devo. We were having our cake and eating it too by sending up uh, modern marketing, the end all be all of everything now is marketing, and using all the techniques 
of an agency, focus groups, studies, the whole thing, but doing them as parody. Yeah. But we were doing. But actually doing it, but being self-aware right. of the fact that you were doing it and engaging right. in that and way. We got into it. That's when Warner's, you know, they they did a turnaround. They screwed the pooch. By the second reality installment of the of the five part reality show, they pulled the plug. They said, Okay, enough of this shit. We don't get it and I don't know what you think you're doing here. But it was great and they just imploded it. Yeah. They never went to radio. They go, We don't have any power at radio anymore. <laughs> I'm, I, your record company's telling you this. <laughs> that's that's astounding. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's it's indicative the of the one times, guy, I guess. The one guy in A and R whose job it was to go to radio in the past said, "Hey, would you mind if I went to a station that I really like, and and uh, gave them uh, No Place Like Home because I love that song, and I think they might play it." And we're going. Why would we mind? <laughs> First of all, how dare you? What? Secondly, yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> it was, your heart, you know, goes into your gut. You're like, oh no. Yeah, that's a, that's this not guy, the best sign. Yeah. <laughs> no. He's supposed to be in charge, and he's asking if it's it'd be okay. Yeah. Do you think it might be okay? <laughs> wow. So, so, so can you can you give us a quick? kind of just reading of where the world was at the time just for for people that again sometimes it seems like 10 years um, ago was like as we wrote the ago. album uh the, the americans had sunk into a huge uh, recession like one of the most serious financial crises since the great depression and again that was all manipulated by big banks and the irresponsible policies of george bush and the republican party they they took a you know, they took a surplus and created a, a deficit, and everything was in the toilet. So, by 2010, you know, we we decided to wait to release it to see how things were going to go. So, by 2010, America started to pull out of it, and of course, the you know, tongue-in-cheek title, something for everybody, as if Devo is doing something for everybody. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's like. Clearly not, you know, it's, it's Devo, but it was Devo returning to form. And we thought we had a really cool kind of, we did, we did a nod to contemporary production, you know, and contemporary radio on the level of how we recorded and produced the record. But those songs were uncompromised Devo songs. You know, they were Very a return so. to form. They, they, they folded right into our live show with songs that were 20 years older. So you could you could play, you know, like um, a song like That's Good, and then you could play Fresh, one after another live, and it seemed totally of a piece. It seemed totally seamless. And that's maybe a bad thing, I don't know. But I mean, the only other thing we could have done is something so radical that we, we would have been as radical for right then as Devo was radical in 1978. But of course, that's a tall order when you were a legacy act and you have this expectation in the past, right? It would be as bad as if we started trying to sound like Nine Inch Nails, it would have been, you know, a joke. You know, that's what a lot of bands will do. They'll come back and they'll, they'll try to get, you know, relevant. And sound like something that's a hit. Right? Yeah, well, suddenly there's there's rappers on it. We're not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. I, so to set the scene, this is about when there was like that Vanilla Ice house flipping show that had just started up as well. So people were kind of exploring right. the idea of, hey, you know this quote unquote one hit wonder in this way, and here's like this in a different context. So it wasn't like this was completely uh as left field as some devo ideas maybe like this there, there was beginning to be like the the nascent sort of like hey let's recontextualize this stuff mindset we are no and, and we were not trying to put people off i mean we were trying to find a way to deliver devo in a uh in a in a way that was um um digestible okay it was just like the girl swallowing the blue red hat the, as the a piece of candy. Yeah, absolutely. Which is which is both suggestive and doubly hilarious when it's like, okay, the pill is the hat, but it's 
you know, yeah. what, what, the, the blue was considered a more pleasing color by the focus group, right? If I remember correctly. It was, yeah, it was completely made up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, it, but it was such a, uh, su- such an all-encompassing package that it seemed like it would have been a no-brainer to have, like, the reality show element to it, to have that be... Uh, part of the overall picture, but but it, th- there was this hesitation to to buy into full scale with the idea. Well, there was there was more than hesitation. There, at a certain point, Warner's pushed back, and things got hostile. Us, us, and them, and that's not what we wanted. And we were kind of shocked that they were, after all these years, didn't get it again. <laughs> But just in a, in a different way this time. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, I mean, in a way, I suppose that's that, that's a that's something to be proud of. I don't necessarily know. Yeah, if that's... and I can tell you this. When we heard, and not that this happened very often, but when we heard several of these songs on the radio, they sounded tremendous on over the radio. Yeah. Well, and one of the reasons why is because even even the presentation, the mastery, it it was mastered like a modern record. It was mastered. Well, Greg Kirsten, he went on to be, uh, you know, a mega millionaire hit producer. Yeah. You know, he he produced, um, God, what's her name? Adele. Oh, wow. Really? (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good for him. That's awesome. And so songs like Fresh, you know, and um, What We Do. God, what's the other one I heard on the radio that sounded so good? Oh, Don't Shoot, I'm a Man. Yeah. That was uh, timely. Great. Yeah, very, well, geez, a little bit too timely these, these days, yeah. Well, there just kept being more and more shootings. <laughs> yeah, as it turns we... out, those haven't stopped, yeah. Right. Uh, so talk about Fresh a little bit. We started off with that one. Um, and, right. and I did kind of promise a song-by-song breakdown instead of just uh, Conan and Jerry ramble on about uh, cool things. But right. that's the, the, the kickoff song, and it seems like that's very much a statement right. of intent. Right, and you could imagine that being used in um, many packaged food commercials. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the Fresh is so... Well, and that's one of the things I like so much about the record is the, is the lyricism... Uh, you know, the people talk about when they talk about song replacement and things along those lines, they talk about, oh, write about general concepts. Like, don't be too specific, because if you're too specific, then, you know, the ad company <laughs> won't want to use it. <laughs> and yeah. it, it, it astounded me. It was like, wow, it's like literally, yeah, I could imagine this being like saran wrap or. <laughs> you know, well, I, I was foods. doing something there with the lyrics. Yeah, I was doing something there with the lyrics on purpose. Um, kind of a bit tongue-in-cheek trying to sound uh, like Devo was uh, uh, getting transcendent. We were transcending the moment. I was thinking about Jack Bruce on the first Cream record. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and how he would deliver those lyrics. So I wrote the lyrics and I, I sang a demo and then it turned different when Mark started singing it. You know, there was no Jack Bruce in it. <laughs> Mark, Mark is many things, but a Jack Bruce stand-in, definitely not. But yeah, um, that—that's what was going on there. It was supposed to sound like lifting and transcendental and and excited and and sound fresh, you know, not like Devo was world weary and cynical. Right, exactly, and it's again just just vague enough that you could picture it being in uh, some household goods com- commercial as well as uh, <laughs> a, a, your, your finer radio stations. Uh, right. So did you think that, um, I mean, was it pretty clear, like, that's going to be the, the song that we're going to start the record with? Like, did you did you have that in mind, or did it end up just being that way? No, no, but it became obvious that we should start the record off with that. Yeah. How much did the song study, or <laughs> or the, uh, what was it, the... the the yeah, ki- the kitty the kitty listening party too and like I'm trying to yeah. think of all the other the other things that were gone. How much did that actually influence the decision? And how much was it just like perceived choice? Well, we wanted um, we actually wanted it to be real, and we wanted to find out the information. You know, we were yeah. really interested in real feedback, right? But once again, the record company truncated that process. They just wanted to get the damn record out there, and they didn't like what we were doing. So we never got to really find out what people thought. You know, we really didn't. Um, 
I don't know what songs they really liked more than other songs. I don't know what instrumentation they wished that was different or who was going to sing or how they were going to sing. That's what we wanted to hear. Right, right. Well, and because no matter what the answers are, you know, it's going to be part of the process. So it's like no matter what, yeah. it's going to feed. It's going to feed the thing. Yeah. And the reason why I bring it up is because within the, um, you know, uh, a, a spuds just kind of along for the ride, there was a, a concerted effort for folks to uh, get watch us work it on the record, which uh-huh. did not end up making it on the record. I think it's on like the like the Japanese version uh, and. Um, well, I think it got put on. Yeah, it got put on the. Ex- the, there was a version that had extra cuts. Right. And then there was a version called Something Else for Everybody that was a whole other record of rejects of the songs that Warners didn't even want us to pursue and said, we don't want these on the record. Right. And we th- said, okay, that's fine, because then they're not part of the, the uh, whatever you call that, um, the 360 deal it became the popular form for a deal, right? So they weren't part of that deal. So we owned them. Something else for everybody. I mean, that's a lot of songs. And that's almost yeah. like in, in the grand tradition of like, you know, Elvis Costello writing songs in the office after hours and having like just like books and books of them. Uh, <laughs> was it just a backlog because it had been quite a while since you guys had really been Devo? I mean, you, there was a G.I. Jerry record, of course, but. Right. It had been a long time since we had been allowed to be Devo. And so there was this explosion of writing because there was finally a concerted, conscious, agreed effort that we were going to do a record. So we had enough for three. Because <laughs> it just had you been, know. there was enough material that... Uh... It exploded, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so Mark would, you know, Mark had his priorities for, you know, scoring, you know, composing. And at the time he was doing a big push for his rugs and... But, but he would still, you know, even though he couldn't be relied on to be a, here at a given place and time together in a room, he would just fire off files to us, you know, uh, constantly. And Bob Casali and I set up a studio in the downstairs of Mutato, and he and I would go there every day for about six or eight hours together and start sifting through things and finding fragments here and there. And I'd you know, make some suggestions and compositional mm-hmm. changes and, you know, uh, add to the progression. Or Mark would send me fragments of lyrics and I'd send him mine and we'd combine them. So Bob and I were developing the songs every day, Bob Casali and I, and moving them towards some kind of actual, you know, critical mass as a song mm-hmm. and not yeah, just yeah. And that's what happened with my favorite ones. They, even though the process wasn't the same as my wonderful memories of real collaboration, you know, in the early Devo days, there was collaboration. And so about 90% of this record is Mark and I uh, combining things and having a 50-50 songwriting split on songs. Well, and it's interesting you say that because it does kind of have the same feel as, uh, you know, like an Are We Not Man or Freedom of Choice or, or, or the, those records where... Oh, like Freedom of Choice, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, got, it's got that feel, you know, but it has its own feel as well. And it's something where... Alan Myers uh, died, like... Of, he died uh, in 2014. When uh, when you did the uh, the the B sides, not B sides, but the the something else for everybody. I mean, would you cons- would you consider something for everybody? Kind of like the last, the last Devo record at this point, or you know, am, well, am I trotting sure on weird that- ground here? No, no. I mean, it sure looks that way. It sure <laughs> does. And again, it's very disheartening. And you know, what's the word? <laughs> Disheartening's a good one. <laughs> Crest. I was crestfallen yeah. by Warner's ineptitude and bad attitude and failure to bring it to market because we thought we had really good songs and when we played four of those songs off the record live in an hour and a half set the energy didn't go down people didn't go away they were just as good as the song before and after i saw that Um, tour and it sat sat very nicely together like it was it was seamless yeah people cheered I love the video work that I did with Davey Force uh, on video backgrounds for the new songs, especially um, What We Do and uh, Don't Shoot, I'm a Man. 
I love that those videos. Yeah, they're they're great videos, and again, modern production techniques, but very much of the Devo sensibility. Uh, you know, it was and, yeah, nicely imagery, with everything. Imagery was there. Yeah, yeah, imagery yeah. was there. So talk to yeah. talk to me a little bit about what we do, which is of course the second song on the record. You know that that one that, that one stands along with everything else. You know, like the the top yeah. the top upper echelon, if you will, of Devo's catalog. Well, you know, I have. I have a friend who's a restoration architect, but he's also an amazing bass player, and his partner is a, a guitar player and and quite the lyricist in his own way. And I've known these guys for like 15 years, and he showed me some lyrics one day. Like, what do you think of this? And the music he was singing them to was very like consciously mid-tempo hip hop, and I thought, well, you know. <laughs> Devo's not going to try to do that. Right, right. It would be embarrassing because nobody's going to start moving right. You know. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would have to be more like Buttered Beauties style <laughs> backbeats yeah. or something. <laughs> and, then that, and, and then that could be misconstrued as racist. Right, 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 so, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Good so uh, <laughs> I took the I took the lyrics and I changed a, a, a verse and I changed some cadence and Mark had this like kind of a funky electronic line it didn't have any changes in it or anything but i liked it and bob and i took that down in the basement and i put those lyrics over mark's line and created some variations in in the line and added a bass and mark mark liked it you know and so we developed it and then we we did what you would expect from Debo. we took turns singing yeah the different parts which worked, you know, and uh, I, I I just really like that. So I love playing it live. It was fun. It kills live, and and again, it it kills alongside some of your best stuff. So it's some it's something that yeah. I always like when I find that there are fans of Devo that are less familiar with that record or they don't know it at all. In some cases, um, you know, I feel happy for them. It's like, oh, you you're about to experience something cool. This is like. The, the lost great Devo record, like that you didn't know that you needed. Right. Uh, and and also that's that one's got some some awesome like weird, weird hooks in in the grand Devo yeah. tradition. You know that's always nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, What's that, next? What's next? A favorite of mine on that record is uh, "Please, Baby, Please," which is the, okay. the third song. That was um, that was inspired uh, by the monks. There's a it was a 60s band called The Monks, really eccentric, whack band that was doing some really interesting stuff early on. They were in West Germany because they were kids who did military service or their fathers were doing military service. They got together, obviously influenced by what they saw in England going on with the Beatles and the Kinks, and they shaved their heads so they looked like monks. They left <laughs> monk wearing hair. Committing to the Even bit. Even they were like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we kind of liked their masochism because they were decent-looking young guys, thin and, you know, pretty normal-looking. They had a signature song called the Monk Song, and I've always loved it, and I just stole the beat. That, that beat. <laughs> that, which, is, which is Please I Baby, did. Please. Okay, all right. Yeah, it became Please Baby, Please. Wow. And it, it and I just completely lifted the beat, the whole pattern, the drum sounds, everything from the Monk song. And then Bob and I, uh, Bob Casali and I, basically, you know, we 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 arranged that song and I sang it. He produced it. So that wasn't that wasn't a Mark's uh, uh, collaboration. That was Bob Casali and I. Do those dudes, uh, the monks, are they still around at all? And they're they remotely aware you know, of any of this? Still living. I, yeah. I think they're living. I think at least three of them are living. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they didn't have a good career arc. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might be stoked that, you know, something something of theirs like yeah. made it into something. You know, it's a cool record. Yeah. Uh, so so we, we referenced it earlier, uh, and it's unfortunately all too timely, but Don't Shoot, I'm a Man is up next. Yeah. Well, you know, there was plenty of police shootings going on back in 2008, 2009, 2010. You mean Donald Trump didn't uh, invent that? No, he just fomented it. He just perfected it. 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 
<laughs> yeah, he just raised it up to the next level. Um, so yeah, I mean, that song just becomes more and more um, prescient. I mean, look, we you probably have seen our in-concert interstitial music, vid uh, music video bits, right? Our trans mm -hmm. transition bits. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember Spaz Attack wearing a vest that said, don't shoot, I'm a man? Right? I do remember that, yes. Uh, yeah, we were dealing with that stuff then, but we never forgot about that vest. And Mark had written down in a notebooks uh, some, like a verse and don't shoot, I'm a man as a refrain, right? And I, I always loved that, right? And always wanted to do something with it, but we never did. So I added a couple verses, and he one day started playing that that riff that's in "Don't Shoot I'm a Man." He just had a he had a sequencer going, mm -hmm. uh, and and he started going. And that's all he was doing. That was an easy sell because as soon as we started chanting, "Don't shoot, I'm a man!" over, you know. That that's Devo. That is Devo. Absolutely. And live people love that. And uh, when did the um, the bro tasing <laughs> make its way into the lyrics? Because I rem I remember being like, wow, they integrated a meme. Was the first thing I thought of. But you know, it, it may be in the grand traditional sense of the meme. Well, I mean, from the first time I heard that audio clip of him. <laughs> in court going, don't tase me, bro. Don't tase me, bro. Uh, I mean, you're laughing because it's so horrible. It's so you know, horrible. But I was laughing so tears came out of my eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. And we all shared it, and Josh Breeze would send it to me over and over. It had to go in that song because yeah. that song's about, you know, living in a violent, paranoid culture where you never know what's going to happen next, you know, and where your life, is not a good free life, you know. I jump into my hybrid car, you know, just as fast as I can, and I search the rooftops, right? Yep. It's like just get, getting to work becomes, uh, you know, an adventure. Evocative because security concerns, uh, you know, notwithstanding, it's sort of like the idea of being this very middle-class existence, but then also, you know, not feeling safe in any way, shape, or form, too. Right. And the middle class, you know, was clearly even to us back then, clearly decimated, virtually gone. And now it is and that that has always been uh, a manifest uh, um, plot of the right wing is to gouge the middle class, take get rid of them. So you just have a bunch of basically slave labor. And then you got the people in the castle. So you have the one percenters and everybody else is in a gig economy, just happy to pay the rent and live hand to mouth and do not complain or you lose your job. And if you're lucky, the king will let you inside the castle to do some special stuff. And maybe you'll walk away with a leg of lamb or something. But the rest of some everybody else from is the out table. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The drawbridge goes up, campfires start, and then there's the gnashing of teeth and, uh, you know, no health care. Uh, in the chat box, we have a uh, shout out to uh, uh, the uh, Don't Roof Rack Me Bro, the, uh, <laughs> the, the Seamus from liberal yeah. hero Mitt Romney's uh, yeah. theme song. Yeah, I told you so. <laughs> the brown was coming down. Uh, so then, uh, well, and, and yeah, and also Don't Shoot Up My Man, I think is another classic song, uh, classic Devo song from that record. And uh, it's, it's great to hear about that. Mind Games, underrated song. Mind Games. It is. That's another one you think would be a theme song on a on a game show on television, <laughs> or at least in a commercial. Maybe maybe, maybe a uh, dating uh, a dating game show, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a, a, a again like a like with "Don't Shoot I'm a Man," where it's some of Mark's lyrics, some of my lyrics, some of his music, some of my music. Mind Games was a a true collaboration like that. Although he his in that one he did more of the music, but we collaborated on the lyrics and I did add some things to the music, change to the music, and uh, I liked it. I liked the way it came out. Well, it also did the thing where it, it rang a certain bell. Uh, you know, I, I remember specifically. There's the I'm gonna try to get it right, but it's 
you know, uh, uh, let's see, what what is it? Um, well, she waits until it's time to bed to question what's inside your head. I was like, yeah. God, if someone finally, finally has a song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do tend to tell the truth. Because <laughs> without without getting into it, and it's okay because at the time that record came out, I was not married to the woman I'm married to now. Uh, but yeah, that's let's let's put it that way. I found that very relatable. Well, yeah, I, I that's that's an easy one because anyone that's ever been in a relationship <laughs> can understand that song. Yeah. Uh, how about Human Rocket? That was all Mark. That was all Mark. He worked on that over and over and over and over. Um, and, you know, he'd be better answering. I mean, I think you, you get it from, okay, he's a human rocket. So he's, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's like Planet of the Apes is in the right. title, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. In other words, the, it, was the, it was the testosterone coming out there, I think. But. I like it before it goes into that kind of punk hillbilly beat, you know, do dap do dap do dap. I like it before. I would have, I would have liked to have taken that song and never let it go into that punky. The, the more boom, straight, boom, boom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then he way he starts singing over it. There's not much of a vocal melody. It just sounds kind of like a monotonous voice, like a whiny. Mm-hmm. I know he did it on purpose, but. It becomes a monotonous song that's too long, but I loved it before it goes into that. There's a, there's a, it's got a lot of words. There's a, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of words yeah. he's getting out there. So maybe, maybe that has something to do yeah, with it. Yeah. Variations on a theme. Yeah. So then next. But I do like, I do like the sounds. He puts good sounds in. They're yeah. Very yeah. good sounds. Uh, so next up is the sort of pseudo titular track which is which is something it's not it's not the, it's not a title track but it's s-u-m no, something no. right now was that just a commentary on title tracks in general or was that something you know or where <laughs> yeah um it was and it was also the story of like obama's attempt to compromise with both sides of the aisle and you know and he'd always get reamed for it it never worked when he was trying to be a nice guy so he that's him being a kind of a wishy-washy liberal salesman saying he's got something for everybody you know and then he that but then he's complaining that uh that he gets lambasted for, for uh trying to go down the middle road but that's what happens when you try to go down the middle right you know that's the worst what's the middle that? pleases no yeah what, what's that uh what, what's that one book? There's there's nothing in the middle of the road except dead armadillos. There you go. Uh, I can't I can't remember. Um, it's, that, it's that Texas guy, High Water, uh, High High Tower, right. Jim High Tower. That's what High Water. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because for me, I had an epiphany listening to that. Like yeah, maybe like the tenth, eleventh time. I was like, I was like, oh, is this about Barack Obama? <laughs> like it just it just kind of <laughs> hit me because I started thinking about the lyrics. And yeah, it is. And sort of like a, a well-intentioned person attempting to do good, but then also being caught between, uh, you know, the act of trying to do good and, and, and uh, reality. And that and people have no interest in op- helping. <laughs> right. We get the opposite result. Yeah, and always like a, a bougie boy in, uh, in the White House sort of situation, perhaps. And that started with a, um, a day that Mark was in the studio with us, and he picked up a guitar and he's and he played down 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 right it's almost like a kinksy kind of like uh yeah hook to it yeah yeah and so then we all we all tried to play in that vein that 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 guitar line suggested step up <laughs> i love that song <laughs> It's a good one. It's a sleeper. I, yeah. Mark had this, you know, this, uh, you know, he's pretty good at just putting putting together several sequencer lines, you know, programming something and then firing it off. And it had some good sounds in it. But a typical of 
how he does things. Everything's playing at once. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> going, a lot on. going on. in that song. Very yeah. busy. <laughs> really busy. So Bob, Sally, and I, we we stripped things out of it and and relegated them to all coming in on certain sections in a certain way. And then I I added the the break, like when it when the beat breaks down, it's like step up, yeah, you know, and the beat goes half time. And um, I added that, uh, wrote the lyrics uh, in one one day down in the basement, and uh, Mark didn't really like it. <laughs> he didn't hate it. <laughs> it. It didn't speak to him though. Maybe is that? No, I don't think it did. For some reason, he said, "Well, I thought what I had done was was do something like suicide would have done, where all it is is this drone, and the, the one all thing these... all the way through, and then it, okay, I see what you're yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, and and that and that's the one that uh, starts up with the listen up, y'all. <laughs> like it, yeah. it has like the uh, the MC talk up, but it's <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Yeah, let's go through this again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like the instru- like, uh, or um, like those old instructional records that that you would have to like tell you how right. to do a dance or something along those lines. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very dry yeah. sounding yeah. instructor. Boy, you, you know, Drake just did that six months ago and had another big hit where it had a dance. Still works. Do you ever think about the fact that the Monster Mash is actually not about the Monster Mash? It's about the ob- observance of having seen the Monster Mash? You know, it took me years to, to listen close enough to find that out. Yeah, somebody brought that up l- last week, and I, 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 I'm going to say I've been thinking about it probably a little more than I should admit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very clever song. Well, you know, you're a deep guy. <laughs> I, I, do, I do my part. <laughs> Cameo. Yeah. Cameo's yeah. the next one. Yeah. Well, you know, that was just uh, goofing. Uh, I was inspired by the real Cameo. I loved the band Cameo. And I loved Word Up. <laughs> Word Up's a great tune, yeah. <laughs> uh, I loved that song. I loved dancing to that. Anyway, when, Cam- when, when Mark had this riff... That would be For that would be the point. nasty funk style retro of in in the in the song then yeah. I guess huh okay yeah he he sent down to the basement right you know and I just went okay maybe I can use these cameo lyrics that I've had around forever <laughs> uh huh and I tried them out on there. And um, the engineer at the time, who was Mark's head engineer for composing, uh, the guy named Van Kopak, he came down and goes, what's that? I love that. I love Cameo. And he was, I think he was the only one at Mutata who loved Cameo. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, it's funny, too, because then if you think about, the, like, the lyrical content is almost like a, like a Quentin Tarantino movie or yeah. something along those lines. Like, it's a, you know, not-so-subtle revenge tale. Right. He's it's it's like it could, he's a character out of No Country for Old Men, you know, cameo. And 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 he's he's a nice guy until the moment you cross him and then right. he goes ape shit and it's over. Yeah. No, and it, it's in and the the usage of the detuned vocal, I guess. I don't know like what we call it this the Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the, the 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 scary horror movie vocal. Like I don't know exactly what you would we refer yeah, to. Yeah, well, yeah. In the in the breakdown where you find out what he's going to do to you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's incredibly ominous for where such. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say it was like, very ominous for, for for such a fun fun record. It's like super ominous and disturbing right. sounding. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, yeah. Terry. Yeah. Well, he is kind of a scary guy with his tan and his you know his open leather jacket and the chains and you know he's kind of somewhere between you know american indian and gay disco <laughs> yeah and not in the not in the village people sort of way necessarily <laughs> no no hardcore hardcore yeah, exactly <laughs> this this indian would not uh dance out his uh his aggression at all <laughs> uh did you feel? Did you feel like 
that one did you feel like that one like fit nicely with everything else or was there a thought that like you know hey maybe this one's gonna be too like heavy or like misunderstood or something um I, you know i i probably should have thought more about that <laughs> uh, i just liked it <laughs> i just liked it so much that i didn't really care to be honest but, yeah. but um it, in the end it just wasn't even misunderstood it was just ignored <laughs> <laughs> You know, you have a feeling if it was vinyl, that's where the kid picks up the needle yeah. and goes to the next <laughs> Well, and part of that sequencing, right? Like, we don't, uh, you know, the, the the way things work and people's natural attention spans right. and things along those lines, it's, it's, right. you can't always predict exactly how it's going to land. Yeah. Later is now. See, I love that song. Um, I really we I'm I'm disappointed that we never got to play it live. Um, it was a little difficult to play live, more difficult than it should have been to make it sound really good because that song, that song has to sound like a big anthemic rock and roll song. Live. Yeah, it's That's got a lot, it's got a lot of it almost seemed like a stadium rocker kind of uh, vibe, but yeah. your your version yeah. of that, if you will. Yeah. And, and it had to have great sustain on guitar chords, you know. Anyway, it, it just, I guess it wasn't to be. But the inspiration for that song was an article I read in 2007 um, where the uh, byline was later as now. It's a famous climate scientist. And it, it was in the New York Times, and it was about how the tipping point would come about sooner than people thought with global warming and that at that point um even if you wanted to put the genie back in the bottle you really couldn't and i realized that nobody believes these guys to keep telling everybody this right but they're going to find out the hard way like all human shit yeah, uh, oops out. turns out they were right <laughs> like mr wizard you know <laughs> but there won't be any mr wizard going time for this one to come home you know uh, yeah there won't be any there won't be any home. That's the point. Uh, so we're we're shitting in our own backyard, and, uh, and that was just it, a poetic way of telling about that. And we're still saying, "I'll deal with it later." You know, it, well, that's oh, we're shitting more. <laughs> and it's we're even worse. It and it's like, "I still, I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later." And it's even okay. the pathetic, even the pathetic, uh, you know, regulations that we had in place, which were puny. Well, guess who took those away? So, I mean, you know, it, yeah. it's just exponential. It's exponential now. And and it's like... In the name of And you have the alleged good guys talking about the Green New Dream, where it's like, well, first of all, that's a better title, and I don't think that has hit exactly the way you think it has, but, like, to to apply that with derision and mockery when it's like, wow, no... Personally, I feel like instead of it being about you know conservation at this point, we need to talk about terraforming. But terraforming this planet, not Mars. Yeah. Don't worry about Mars. Let's yeah. terraform this one. Well, yeah, because we're turning this one into Mars. <laughs> right, exactly. It's good. Mars is going to be looking up <laughs> the way <rhythm> we're going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, total favorite on the record. Uh, no place like home. Right. Right, that was uh, Devo showing their age. Um, we we took off the masks, you know. We took off the yellow suits, took off the masks, and it's pretty naked, honest humans answering the question: Are we not men? And the answer there is yes, we are. And here's something that I'm not hiding behind any artifice or any mask. I'm singing like. A mature man <laughs> right and mark wrote music that's worthy of a a, a title track in a in a film it sweeps know. there's a lot of sweeping kind of uh movement to it but not in a cloying way like there's definitely a line that it, it's it's on the right side of but it, it... Well, he's, showing, he's showing his talent he's showing what he has learned from composing and what he's capable of if he isn't doing cartoons you know <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> and and I I just couldn't believe what I was hearing that he did that, right? I couldn't it's like, wow, Mark. That's that's good music. <laughs> that's you know, that's real. 
Well, and then and I it, thought it demanded real lyrics. So that was a bookend to Beautiful World. That I was just going to say, it, it's in a, it's in a small category of Devo songs that I would put with Beautiful World because it has that same sort of like, oh no, like this kind of sounds one way, but it's 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 presenting something that is this you know a, a harsh truth. It's harsh invective if you choose to actually stop and think about it. Right, and it's it's sad. Yeah, it's it's certainly and and it's something where I mean were there were there thoughts of it being like hey we could just end the record on this and then be like oh that would be a bummer <laughs> yeah uh, but that seems like the right thing to do <laughs> yeah I mean it almost seems like it'd be a kind of more dystopian if uh, right in a bad way like not not the fun kind of dystopia that everyone... well, you can imagine um, a music video where. There's there's early pioneers on Mars, you know, confined in these hideous little capsules with a raging radioactive dust storm outside. And once in a dust storm, when it clears past the window now and then, you're looking back at planet Earth. But planet Earth isn't blue and green and white anymore. Yeah. So they're looking back at home, and home's gone. And they're thinking about their idea of home, but it's... Uh... It's not. It's, gone. it's not there anymore. It's not what. It's not what you thought it was. Right. right. Yeah, that would have been a bummer way to end the record. <laughs> it's a beautiful song, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the record did not end that way. It ended with "March On." Can you can you talk about that song? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind. Of, it was a little bit autobiographical. I mean, I channeled a part of me from the past. Um, when I had a real active chip on my shoulder, and uh, and when I loved my cocaine, <laughs> <laughs> and when my uh, stridency, because I was you know I was just so serious about the Devo enterprise and the Devo art, you know I lived and breathed it 24 hours a day, and I I didn't pay enough attention to my relationship with uh, my girl of seven years and managed to blow it. In retrospect, I blew it. So I channeled that piece of my life. And um, it's a song about just what it says about, you know, marching on, like having the, the, um, the manhood to not cry in your beer and keep a going. <laughs> and also, also that we live in this culture that expects that, like a capitalist culture, and you see it now more than ever with all the Trump, uh, Trumpsters. Yeah. They like go to these rallies, they're willing to put their lives in danger for this leader. They're right. willing to maybe risk dying of COVID for him. Just to see so their guy. Live- Trigger the yeah. libs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and um, and that's what, you know, the true definition of fascism is when you live for the state. You don't right. live for the quality of your life. You live, you sacrifice your life for the state, right? So it was also about that with, you know, when the end comes, you know, until the end comes, it's on with the show, right? The whole thing's a performance at a certain point life becomes a performance right and it's if if your life becomes a performance it's no longer real (sighs) there were a lot of other things with the with the record like the masks how do the masks come to come to to come to be well that was you know fan of the opera (laughs) 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 it was uh it was like, okay, you know, what can we do that we haven't done that also then reinstates this all for one, one for all kind of like, you know, Devo unified presence right. now that we're less unified than ever. But what can we do? <laughs> what can we do to curtail and rein in the growing physical differences between us, right? As we aged. And, um, I thought that might do it. Something that covers the top of your head and and over the nose and eyes, but leaves the 
mouth and jaw for you know expression and singing right and um you know then then you'd only see age in the neck <laughs> <laughs> you get the uh, the creepy neck you know uh, yeah the creep neck yeah Nick is it, Nick in the chat box said uh, "Phantom of Devo," which I thought was pretty good. That's uh, a <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. S- solid, solid. The so so and and that's and that's the end of the the record, song by song. Is there anything that you really wanted to have on the record that that didn't make it on there? Like whether just the other guys weren't into it or just didn't work out. I'm I'm trying to think, and I have to say that um, no, uh, no, there was out of all the songs that Warner, you know, rejected, none of them were stronger than the ones on this record. There's some I like as much had they been developed further and recorded better. Right. The the, the path no, was traveled. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I do think that. You know, I was disappointed that Watch Us Work It was getting this pushback from Warner. That wasn't the band. The, it isn't the band that said, no, we don't want to put Watch Us Work It on the record because that's been an Adele commercial two years ago, right? We didn't say that. They did. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that was the, um, the Watch Us Work It, right? That was the one that was in the Adele commercial, yeah. if I remember right? Yeah. 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 And it was written specifically for the new quote engine that they were putting in this new Dell computer right and um, you know the uh, the video is directed by uh, you know the famous Swiss director uh, he did all the huge oh uh, huge I know who you're talking about I'm gonna I'm gonna remember like the second we, we're done talking I, it's fine yeah he's got a strange name he's got a strange name uh, the yeah, and so that's something where that's kind of a Devo moment, like getting getting asked to do like a like a Dell computer <laughs> commercial. Yeah. Think about like when the band started, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, you know, well, Paul Paul Malmstrom, the CEO of Mother, he came to me because uh, we'd become friends because I directed nine spots for him over the years as, as a commercial director and and he said hey Dell wants to use whip it and I go again using whip it again yeah. as if that's the only like, song that you guys had <laughs> I know I go Paul what if we wrote a song for this since it's a new computer and there's technical engine in it that's supposedly new technology right you know and, and you got what's his name you know the the, the uh, Swiss music video director with a huge budget Jonas uh, Jonas Ackerland right is that right he's kind of doing yeah um, he's kind of doing Robert Palmer right the girls from Robert Palmer (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. he's doing like an 80s cheese ball sexy girl video where they're putting the computer together yeah so um, yeah which is funny because it's a very uh, it's a very Devo concept but you know applied towards you know, this this is how this is actually done now. This is how, what you got to do to actually catch people's attention to buy, you know, buy a freaking computer. Right. So I thought about just singing about the girls, like, asking us to watch them work it. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> watch, watch us go to work, you know, watch them work. There's, a, there's another... Uh, question in the chat box. This is a pretty good one. That there's there was a song that you were played at the uh, Devo Devotional that didn't make it to the record that uh, the solo for Monster Man, I guess, was taken. Uh, the oh yeah, was taken for Monster yeah. Man. Yeah. 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 Uh, ring a bell. It's called, it's called moving on. Yeah. Oh, okay, that one. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's called moving on. And, and any any thoughts now to that, was, that song? Well, that's like. Um, <laughs> what is it? That's like a sketch before you get to the huge opus of No Place Like Home. Moving on is basically a um, what's the word? It's a uh, a dirge. It's yeah. a dirge. It's a, it's a dirty, <laughs> dirty, fuzzy dirge, and it's over. In other words, 
the party's over and yeah. we're moving on because yeah and that was a that was written at the height of the um of recession <laughs> gotcha when no one, when no one was paying their bills right <laughs> exactly which is sort of like okay in a way that's indicative of those times you know and in, in a yeah. way it's 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 back in vogue but also it's not that something for everybody has a party vibe necessarily but it, it's certainly mid to upbeat, uh, kind of, kind of as a construct being. What what I talk about sometimes is uh, commitment to a vision being uh, the overall whole, not the original thing. Like there isn't a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, all a Monty Python all over the place. No, no, no. This was like whether you like it or not, you're being forced to make a change and move on. You, right. you lost your house, right? You lost your house. It's over, Johnny. It's like, yeah, you're packing up and, hey, be brave. That's what it says. Be brave. Stick your finger to the wind so you find out which way the wind's blowing and then head that way. <laughs> uh, Jerry, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. This this, is, this has been I was one of the only regrets I ever had uh, with our both of our episodes is that we barely talked about this record. So the fact that we got to talk about this in, oh. in depth is a real treat for me. So thank, thanks for doing that. A lot of other folks seem to be into it as well. So that's always nice. Uh, is there anything, any, any minutia around something for everybody that we, that we didn't get into that you think folks <laughs> might enjoy any, any, any weird stories? Oh, there probably is. And I don't know what's wrong with me today that I'm not thinking of the dirt and the minutia or the, you know, the forbidden behind the scenes. Um, I think, you know, there was a certain intensity about the writing and a certain get down to business and let's see what we can do uh, that went on. And yet it wasn't, again, like people were all three musketeers, brothers in arms, in a room, working every day, eight, ten hours. This was, you know, this was file swapping. (laughs) (laughs) This is modern Devo, yeah. (laughs) So that's about as dirty as it gets. Think of cum swapping without the fun. No! (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, uh, thank you so much, as always. I I appreciate appreciate your time, sir, and uh, appreciate the music, and uh, please be well in these crazy, insane times. Let's uh, hopefully something less Devo will happen soon and like we'll uh, be able to hang out in person or oh, do this in person no. sometime. So, you, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> you think so? Alright, well. Alright, three weeks from now all the shit will hit the fan for real. Well, at least we'll have a good soundtrack for it. <laughs> at least I have my Glock. <laughs> well, I guess there's that too, sure. <laughs> uh, Jerry, well, I, I, you know what? all these militias with all their damn guns you know us supposed snowflake liberals we yeah. need some guns too that is true and that's that's I, I I look forward to talking to you about that the next time we talk Jerry Caselli really appreciate okay. you <laughs> take care man bye bye all right and there he goes. That was your song by song breakdown. Something for everybody. Protonic reversal here on Radio Nope. Thanks so much, guys, for hanging out, sticking with it. Yeah, that was that was great. Protonicreversal.com for the archives.
There's no